We've been in an Advent sermon series titled Tidings of Comfort and Joy, and we've been looking at the themes of love, hope, joy, and peace uh, from what would be considered more non-traditional Advent passages. But tonight, I want to look at a very uh, traditional, so to say, Advent passage, well-known passage, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, just two verses, and I've titled tonight's message, Comfort and Joy, as we examine what we have in Jesus Christ and the God who fulfills his word. So let, let me read to you just these two verses, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Now, this is a very familiar passage to many of you. Again, again as I said, more of a traditional passage around this time. And as I reflected on this passage, just these two verses, I thought, what would be, what would be the case? Where would we be tonight if these verses, which really are a f- prophecy, if this prophecy was unfulfilled? If we were gathering here tonight and Jesus had not come and Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, had not found their fulfillment in him, where would we be? Look at Isaiah 9, chapter 6, just the first part. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And as I thought about that, I was reminded of John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And, and Isaiah says, unto us a child is born, a A son is given, and if that prophecy had not been fulfilled, the first thing is we would not have a Savior. If Jesus had not come, if he had not come in the fulfillment of this prophecy given hundreds of years before he was born, we wouldn't have a Savior. Now, yes, we would still have God. The Bible says that Abraham believed God, and it was accredited to him as righteousness. And so Old Testament saints were saved the same way as we are, by faith. But they also had the sacrificial system and the keeping of the law and all of these other things that Jesus has fulfilled. If Jesus hadn't come, if a son wasn't born, if a child wasn't given, we'd still be in the sacrificial system. We'd still be under the law. Maybe worse. Maybe you'd be wondering if the good scales outweighed the bad scales in your life. Some people still think that way. But you know what? Because a child was given, because a son was born, because that did take place in what Isaiah had prophesied, did come to pass through the birth of Jesus Christ, not only his birth, but his life, his death, and his resurrection, because that happened, we do have a Savior today. And I think sometimes in Christianity, we we take for granted what we have. It becomes commonplace. We need to remember on this Christmas Eve, we have a Savior And he's been born, and he lived among us, and he's Emmanuel, and he has risen to the right hand of the Father, and he's going to return one day. You know, as I was thinking about that, I I thought about 1 Peter. There's there's actually a lot of parallels I noticed between 
uh, or excuse me, 2 Peter chapter 1 and just these two verses. Let me read just 2 Peter verse 1 to you. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and what? Savior Jesus Christ. Peter wasn't saying to those who have really lived a good life and tried hard this week. No, to those who obtained a like precious faith in our Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, as you read on in Isaiah 9, 6, after it says a son will be given, it says the government will be upon his shoulder. That's a weird statement about a child. We know he didn't just stay a child, though. We know he was born king of the Jews, and he grew up. He's the king of the universe. And then it goes on to describe him more. His name will be called, and there's actually four names here in the Hebrew, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now I want you to think just a minute, what if that were not true? What if Christ had not been born, and what if you did not know Jesus, who is all these things to you? What if you did not have Christ who could be your wonderful counselor? You know, we go to a lot of different things, a lot of different people to seek counsel, to seek wisdom. But James 1 tells us that if any of us lacks wisdom, we should ask God who gives liberally without finding repro without reproach and it will be given to him. God has drawn near. And in Jesus Christ, we have a wonderful counselor. Is something bothering you this Christmas Eve? Is something weighing heavy on you this Christmas Eve? Jesus is not only the Savior that has come, he is your wonderful counselor. He is available to you. He has drawn near to you. And you are promised in him the wisdom of God. Wonderful counselor, but what else? Mighty God. Now, we understand mighty God. To some degree, I think we understand what it means, mighty God. But you know that when you call upon Jesus, by faith, he saves you. And only a mighty God can change the human heart. And that's the God that we serve. He's not a God that's just a little bit better than us. He's mighty God. He is eternal God. He is the one who has always been and will always be. And that is the God that has drawn near. And that is the God that when you call out to him, he's mighty God. And you can know him because he came and he drew near. Also, everlasting Father, that's, a lot's been written about that, because obviously this is a prophecy about Jesus, but we also know that our God is three and yet one. There is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three distinct persons, yes, but one God. And Jesus is everlasting. He is eternal God. He's always been, he will always be, and he and the Father are one. You know, we don't need a God that just shows up. It has to get caught up, up to speed. Okay, tell me what's going on. Let's see how we can fix this. No, he's everlasting. He's the one who's always been. He will always be. He sees the end from the beginning. He never draws a short straw. He never has a limited perspective. He's everlasting. And so when you call out to him, you are calling out to the everlasting God, everlasting Father who knows all, who sees all who has perfect understanding of you and the circumstances of your life. But lastly, Prince of Peace. Imagine if Christ were not born and we had no Prince of Peace. You know, <laughs> we spent a week in our Advent series talking about peace. 
And there is a difference between peace and appeasement. And we talked about how if a child is screaming and you give that child a sucker, it may quiet that child for a little bit, but that's not peace. That's appeasement. And because a child has been born who is Savior, who is the Savior, who is Christ the Lord, we don't have to settle for appeasement. We don't even have to settle for this world. Because God has something far greater in store for us. So even when we see the brokenness of the world, even when we feel unfulfilled by this world, even when the lack of this world and the undoneness of this world gets to us, let it remind you that the Prince of Peace will return one day. He's going to take you home, that heaven is your home, not this world, and you will know peace that is not appeasement, but it is eternal, and it is in Jesus Christ. And see, these are the things that we have because Christ is born. We have them now, and yet we have even more to look forward to because, because a child was born and a son was given. My second thing for you tonight is if this was unfulfilled, we'd have no hope. We'd have no true and lasting hope. I mean, yes, we, we would have Yahweh, again, the God of the Old Testament, but We'd still be looking, waiting for that hope to come, waiting for the arrival of that Messiah. But hope has come, and he has a name, and his name is Jesus. And whatever circumstance you face in this life, whatever you may be facing right now in the holidays, and some of you, you're facing this holiday season, Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year, you're facing this for the first time without a loved one. You know where you find hope? It's not a secret. It's in Jesus. It is in the person of Jesus Christ who is eternal God who draws near to you. And in him you have the hope that you need for this day. So because this is fulfilled, we have hope. You know, 2 Peter talks about that as well. I want you to just listen Second uh, Peter chapter 1, I want to read verses 2 to 9 and just listen to what you have in Jesus Christ. Verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace. As his divine power has given us all things. How many things? All things that pertain to life and godliness. If you're a child of God, you will lack no good thing. Nothing that God knows that you need will you lack. You will have everything that your Father wants you to have in this life. And he has prepared so much more than you can even understand in the life to come. His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given, which has been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. We're looking at one of them tonight. That through those you may be partakers of the divine nature, partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Doesn't that sound like a good life? God is saying that in Jesus Christ, 
these things can describe you, your life. I would have to argue that we have the hope of an excellent life right now because of Jesus Christ. Uh, Listen to this again. Knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, love. That's yours in Jesus Christ. You can actually live that way through the power of God's Spirit in you. As Jesus is your Savior, as a forgiven child of God, those things can describe us. And in that we have hope. In that we have hope. And again, why is it? It's because he has drawn near. I remember when I was in high school, my parents had an arrangement with me that I could do some things after high school if I would pass pre-calculus my senior year. That's not very impressive, I know, okay? A lot of our students now are in like AP calculus, their junior year, and doing trigonometry and all this other stuff. Math has always beat me up. We have not had a good relationship, math and I. I know Hebrew, Greek, and Latin, but math puts me quaking in my boots. I don't know what's wrong with my brain, but we just don't get along. And so I did pre-cal, and it messed me up my whole senior year. And you know what I had to do? I had to go in for tutoring. And what was the tutoring? The tutoring was someone that had what I did not have. Someone that had a knowledge and an ability, something that was beyond me, And they were willing to draw near to me and help me receive what I desperately needed. And that's what we have in Jesus Christ. Come here, that's what we're celebrating at Christmas. As you open your gifts tomorrow, I want you to understand that what God has done is he has seen us in our great need. And he's not said, look at those. They're just messed up. I'm going to flunk them. He hasn't done that. He's given us the greatest gift of himself in Jesus Christ. He has drawn near, and he said, now let's deal with it. And not only has he dealt with our sins, but he has shared with us in his divine nature. That's what Peter says. That in Jesus Christ, we're made a kingdom of priests unto God. We are filled with his spirit. We are transformed into a new creation. But we need to press on. Let's look at our last verse today. Verse 7, and of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. I love that. It's talking about his rule, but it throws in there and his peace. He's going to rule, and in his kingdom, there will be peace. And it's going to increase, and it's going to be something that you can't even fathom this side of heaven. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And the throne of David, upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. Third thing tonight is this, is if this were unfulfilled, we would have no enduring kingdom. We would have no enduring kingdom. You notice he talked about the kingdom of David. David was promised that one of his descendants would sit on the throne forever, that he'd never lack someone to sit on his throne. And you know what family line Jesus was born into? The family line of David, of Judah. And Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise even to David, that he would never lack a man to sit on the throne. Jesus is king forever. But what does it mean to us that his kingdom endures? I remember one Christmas many years ago when I was a young child, I really wanted an RC car. 
and my parents got me an RC car, and I was so excited. And where I lived in Dallas, we had some pretty big curbs, and it was pretty big streets, and so I was out there, and I was running um, my RC car in the street, and I was kind of using driveways to, to ramp it and jump off the curb into the street, and I got going a little bit too fast, and I jumped it, and it slammed into the next curb and snapped one of the front wheels. I mean, first day I had it, right? Just like a young boy, you get a great toy and you immediately break it, you know? Just a 100% American boy. It didn't endure. It was this thing I had looked forward to. It was this thing I had anticipated. It was this thing I received and promptly broke. It did not endure. But that is not the kingdom that we have in Jesus Christ. Did you know that because a child was born, because a son was given, and he lived among us, and he died for us, and he rose again for our justification, and he has ascended to the right hand of the Father, and he's going to return one day, and he has given us a kingdom. He's made us a kingdom of priests unto God, and we get to be a part of the kingdom of God that endures, it endures, it endures, and it will have no end. And this Christmas, I want you to understand that if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are part of a kingdom that will not end. And again, Peter emphasized that to those first century believers in first, Second Peter 1, verses 10 and 11. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. Listen to this. I love this verse. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, this Christmas, we are reminded that our lives are not about building our own little kingdoms, but that we get to serve the king of the universe and be a part of his eternal kingdom. And it is because he came. It is because he was born. It is because a savior, a child, was given for us. I remember when Katie and I got to go to the Holy Land and we um, were riding on the bus with this lady named Sammy Joe, and she told us a story about her life. Sammy Joe had been a physical therapist, had a great reputation as a physical therapist. And um, she had gone over during the uh, Vietnam War and she was right there next to the DMZ, the demilitarized zone. And she was supposed to be working with combat vets that had lost a limb, amputees, helping them rehab before they went back home. And she felt like, here I am, I'm going over, and I'm going to be able to share the gospel and minister while I'm doing this physical therapy, while I'm working with the soldiers, and look at this great thing that God's done. God has taken my physical therapy background and my credentials and all that I have, and God's going to use this. He's going to use me to win these soldiers to, to him as I'm doing their physical therapy. And she went, she began to work, and quickly she was put on boil lancing duty. This physical therapist with this reputation, with all this experience, and she was dealing with pus and open wounds and lancing boils. No therapy, no rehab, just bandaging gross wounds. Day after day after day, thinking, my talents are being wasted. I'm being wasted. This isn't what God called me to do. Why am I doing this? But she realized that as she continued to work through these, with these soldiers and see what they had been through, that 
God did not call her there for what she could do for him. God had called her there for what she, he wanted to do in her and through her. And when she got over herself and her ego and what she thought she was there for, and she said, you know what, God? What you're doing is far bigger than me, and so if this is what you want me to do, then I'll praise you for it. Her attitude changed, her ministry changed, and she had a much better time when she got over her ideas and she plugged into what God was doing. And I think the same is true for each and every one of us. Sometimes life doesn't go how we think it should. Maybe this Christmas things aren't how you think they should look, how you thought they would be. But I want you to know that a child was born, a son was given. His name is Jesus Christ the Lord. And through faith in him, we get to be a part of an eternal kingdom. And what he is looking for today, what he is looking for this Christmas, is not what we can do for him, but what he can do in us and through us this Christmas season. And all that is possible because he drew near. He came near and he died and he rose again.